0: Hi, and welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke. And in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Well, I'm very excited to have Huyen Chuong coming onto my Podcast today, particularly because um, Huyen's doing something that I think is really, really interesting. And her business is called Online Marketing for Doctors. Now, I guess I don't know whether you knew Huyen, but my dad was a doctor. So um, I know that there are lots of challenges for doctors around promoting themselves. So I'm very excited. But let's just start with you. This is all about you and your story. Um, What is it that you actually do and why do you do it? Why did you set up the business in the first place?
1: Thank you Jules, first of all, thank you so much for the, uh, such a wonderful opportunity to be on your show. And I'm so my excited to, to share my stories. Obviously everyone has very interesting stories to share, but I, my story is a bit unique and you're going to hear that. Um, so, I right? um, <laughs> I'm running. <laughs> actually, I'm running a digital marketing agency called Online Marketing for Doctors, very simple name, and we um, help doctors, surgeons generate new patients within six months. like right, double their daily inquiries, you know, within six months through our seven-step marketing system framework. And our target audience are mainly, uh, you know, aesthetic clinics like cosmetic and plastic. Right. Surgeons. Yeah.
0: And so, but why did you set it up? You must have seen that there was a gap. So what, was there a sort of a light bulb moment where you went, oh, my God, I'm going to go into that space? <laughs> That's
1: a long story, do you know?
0: <laughs> I, I, we have plenty of time. Off you go. Tell me the story. Yeah,
1: okay. I always wanted to run my own business, you know. Like, I guess I grew up seeing my parents running different types of business. And I've been uh, totally inspired by what they've been able to achieve for themselves and for the family, ourselves. And so the question was just what and when, you know. Um, right. I actually started trading candies for or whatever I could when I was at the age of five. So... I quite enjoy wow, the, uh, the idea of selling something for profits. So yeah, that's that's what, that's how I get started. And then uh, great.
0: Well, I'm I'm going to definitely ask you questions. We're going to go right back to your childhood after this. Yeah. <laughs> but just tell me for this business now. What was was there a moment that you were you working with doctors before or yeah, or what? Yeah. Go on. You go.
1: Yeah. So I. Um, you know, like I've, you know, obviously we have a lot of clients from healthcare businesses, and um, I, I didn't really quite piece up together. But th- I tell you this story. So, um, you know, when um, when I started I out, offer digital marketing services to all sort of different businesses, from toy right. sellers, beauty salon to rubbish removal companies, So you name it, yeah. all <laughs> sort I of different business. Too. Yeah, and then I realized that the competition is too tough. And then I asked myself, like, how am I able to compete with only giant agencies and be somebody, you know? I obviously yeah. don't want to be, like, me-too agency, like, small little me-too agency everywhere. And one time I met with a potential client who was actually a digital marketing agency, but they focus on... And also, real-
0: what did you say they were? They, what, what was the client?
1: Uh, so I just went to meet with a potential clients who actually are a digital marketing agency, but oh, they, okay. they focus on building website for dead people.
0: A websites for dead people. Now, I've heard of this because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, now if you die, you can keep going in digital yeah. land. <laughs>
1: it's interesting because uh, the dead people for funeral house, and I tell you, they're doing extremely well. They have multiple offices around the world doing just one because thing. Because it's
0: so niche, I you're think. so niche. I mean, that's right, and I, that's why I love what you're doing because I always say to people, I teach people PR, and I always say... You've got to really, really be as small a niche as you can, mm. and then you become the absolute expert, and everybody will go to you because you're the one who services their industry. So, is that where it came from?
1: Yeah, exactly. Because people want to work with specialists, not generalists, right? That's Especially right. when it comes to consulting businesses. And uh, that meeting was like eye-opening experience for me. I, I was totally wow. You know, I I literally the morning after we I came up with the logo for online marketing for doctors immediately yeah like wow I got to focus on something and I look at all these type of clients that uh, we've been serving and I feel like I really enjoy working with healthcare professionals and I've got some clients working with them already. So I feel like I've got some portfolio there already. And I'm just I, like, Yeah.
0: You, know. you must be, I would think, are you one of the only, in fact, I'm guessing, let me just put it out there, you're the only company in Australia that's specifically offering online marketing for doctors.
1: I think there are a couple of ones out there. But Aren't they, they, they must yeah, have they are. You. They are actually interesting. <laughs> they are, but they don't really. They focus on sort of like you know, like even for doctors, there's different types of doctors, and they are yes. quite spread out as well. You know, only allied health professionals and doctors, surgeon. So we focus more on doctor and surgeon, uh, and and our niche is actually only are cosmetic and plastic surgeons.
0: That's cosmetic that. surgeons, particularly, yeah. I love it. I just think there's a lot of money there as well. So it's very smart little a niche for you to choose, much smarter than mine, which was startups and none of them have any money at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I know that you're going to have an amazing story, Huynh. Yeah. So let's go back and tell me when you were a little girl, you probably didn't say when I grow up. I want to have an agency that specializes in online marketing for doctors. So, how's it happened? Can you tell me the whole story?
1: Oh, so all right. So, let's start it when I was born. Basically, I was born in Vietnam in in the eighties. You know, like yeah. during the decentralized economy time. You know, back then you probably know uh, that the it was really tough. Like people' life. You know, it's really hard, like even half of my parents to put food on the table back then.
0: So, was this through the war was this the i don't know, I don't no, know actually that's the time well.
1: when the uh the economy wasn't open to the world yet so it's right, all centralized okay. and, and, and controlled by the government so you right. got what the government give you basically that's how it worked back okay. then so yeah. they the you know so the government started opening the economy around the time when it was like four or five years old and that's when my parents saw lots of different trading opportunities and, and uh, they, they started, you know, selling and, you know, running different type of businesses. And they didn't really find a breakthrough until they were, they were in their late 40s.
0: Well, I mean, I, I guess it would have been so tough for them yeah. um, prior to the opening up of the country. But also, if you've lived most of your life where entrepreneurship isn't a thing, then it must be quite hard to suddenly think, OK, what sort of business could I run? And so what sort of business did they choose?
1: well you know i couldn't even count and (laughs) i couldn't even count my life because i was growing up seeing them running from one business to next other you know and they didn't find the breakthrough like until the in their late 40s which is they ended up now uh selling motorcycles and cars you know like honda all the brick brands and dealership and stuff like that so they've been doing that for 20 years now very well and they're running multi-million dollar businesses and uh that's oh, a
0: lesson I learned for them, yeah. So, Huen, tell me about your um, your parents. So, you were talking about the fact that they had set up a business of their own um, in their late forties in cars and motorbikes. So, which I, you know, as I was saying, is such a great role modelling thing for the children. Do you have any brothers or sisters?
1: Yes, I do. Actually, I have um, four other sisters and and one brother, and they're also doing sort of different types of business themselves.
0: But all being entrepreneurs, I bet. Yeah, all entrepreneurs and they're doing very well. Because of that great influence from your parents. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Okay, so so what happened to you? So what happened to you when you finished school?
1: So finished school is a long story. So I actually got my education back in Vietnam back then, you know. I just went to a local village school, you know, whatever around my corner, yeah. like around my house corner. So we, my parents couldn't afford sending me to a, like a private like luxury school uh, school back then and again, my basic education from there and then they got some money and sent me to the US and got I get oh, my... Oh really? Yeah, they, they, they finally got some money and I... So I, how
0: old were you then? Were you, I mean, did you go over on your own to the US?
1: Yeah, I went over to myself, I um, myself over there and I did my MBA uh, it's one of the top MBAs school uh, programs in the US and I I live and I study and live there for almost three years
0: how did you even qualify? I'm really fascinated by that. That you must have been. That must have been so hard for you to get in.
1: Yeah, then you 've know, got to go through all sorts of different tests, English tests, and you know, all these like uh, GGMAT, all these like uh, special tests you got to pass, and also the essay uh, showing, you know, basically what you what's your goal, what you get want to get out of this MBA. So I have to demonstrate that I have all these. Uh, skill and knowledge, and uh, you know, to bring to the table to, to share with other students so they can learn That's from my experience. That's amazing.
0: That in itself is an incredible story. Coming from your background, and I presume that English was probably very new to you still then, was it when you first went to America?
1: Yeah, like I was, like, I obviously English is not my, my first language, and uh, I learned everything for my, my, you know, much like intensively four years before I came to America.
0: Wow. Uh, Oh my God. I'm so impressed with this story already. So, okay. So what's, what university did you go to in America?
1: uh, So we, um, so I went into America, you know, in 2008, when basically the the whole world was going through the financial crisis, right?
0: Yes. And so I
1: graduated around 2010, you know, back then it's like, it's extremely hard for even for locals to find jobs. Yeah. Um, much less for international students like I am. So uh, what, one of the key decisions, I think one of the important decisions that I made back then is that I decided to give up my so-called Amer- American, American dreams. Right. And because I didn't see really like any light in the tunnel being in the U- U.S. Well, aren't
0: you glad that you've made that decision yeah. now when you see what's going on in the States? Yeah,
1: yeah I'm so glad. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I, I decided to, to quit uh, on my, my American dream. And a lot of my classmates still wanted to stick around and, and fight you know, fight for it, you know, like yeah. being in America and, you know, also achieving all these American dreams. And I said, well, why don't you go to a different country, you know, where I can create my own dreams? And I, I, and I decided to move to Australia. I my back and move to Australia after America. So hang on,
0: though. Did yeah. you know anyone here?
1: No, I have no connection, no friends, no family, no oh whatsoever. And
0: you weren't tempted to go back to Vietnam. You wanted to go to a, another sort of, I guess,
1: Yes. Western country. Country,
0: yeah. Amazing. So you just, so how, what made you choose Australia?
1: Well, actually, I, I, I luckily got some experience, ex, you know, like um, dealing with some Australian, um, you know, before, prior to going to America. So I worked for an Australian company, getting okay. some experience. So that's an international company. And they, uh, they were very nice people, you know. I love working with them, very relaxed, laid back. And, and also during the two years in America, three years in America, I... I took on like a, um, a trip to Australia, like, you know, right. like, some, like summer a break trip to Australia. And I thought, wow, this is a beautiful country. And uh, that's, uh, back then I was my second choice. But now, I, I, you know, thinking back, I think it's definitely my top choice. And it's the Isn't one- that funny?
0: My, my father, when my father we moved us all here when I was 12, mm. he said it was going to be Canada, Australia or South Africa and then knocked South Africa out. Because oh, yeah. of apartheid And so we were going to go So what was your other country?
1: Um, obviously back then My first country is US And then the second country is
0: Australia And I don't really have those options option. Oh. <laughs> Good. So you're here and, yeah. and you made the best choice. Yeah. So, so what happened after you arrived?
1: You know, when uh, oh, coming to Australia, it's not like that's that easy, right? You, you, no. I need to enroll into another uh, master degree in order to have a student visa to stay in Australia. So, okay. yeah, after and you're having this massive, the spending a lot of
0: money on the MBA in America. You are the most qualified woman yeah. running a digital marketing company. So you've got two MBAs. Mm, yeah, yeah! Wow! Keep going. <laughs> this story <Yeah>. is amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I came here actually uh, nine years ago after completing my ABA, MBA. So literally with my two suitcases and one hundred thousand student debt for my MBA program. So Ouch. I, that's 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 a big move. And I have to re- enroll into master uh, marketing degree from UTS to get the student visa. And on the second day after I arrived, I met a with a. Career advisor from UTS University, Um, and she asked me this question: like, she asked me what I want to do, and I told her that I want to be one of the leading digital marketing agency in Australia.
0: Get out of town! You said that on day two.
1: (laughs) Yeah, day two, and she was so surprised. I would have been blown away. Student, you thinking that? And I, I told her that I wanted to outreach to one of the UTS alumni, you know, to our alumni network to see if there is any opportunity for me to land the first job and um you know like back then obviously without any connection experience I didn't have any idea like clear idea how to make it happen but I just knew it you know somehow deep down I I, that's what I want and and someday maybe I'll make that happen
0: (laughs) (laughs) you're amazing okay so you've told the the um career advisor you want to do that I was going to say, what do they, what do they tell you actually,
1: to do? Actually, what do they oh, tell you to do? She's um, she should obviously help point out some. Uh, you know, you go, should go to the you know university job portal to look for some jobs over there because a lot of UTS alumni alumni they tend to put you know jobs. Um yeah. they, You know, they look for internship or something like that. And then I actually found my first consulting job with one of the UTS alumni, um, and one that's one client led to the other, right? And then that's how I I founded the result driven SEO, which is my first agency. okay. Yeah. So online marketing for Doctor wasn't the first one. So I founded result driven SEO, and the result driven SEO is still operating now. So we still do you serving still own also it? Is it still clients. your business? Yeah, still my business, and still serving those sorts of different clients. <laughs> you know,
0: it, you it, are amazing. It, okay. okay, so what was it called? Um, best results SEO. Result driven SEO. Result driven SEO. So yeah. that was your first company.
1: Yeah, that my first company. And uh, and a few years after that, I, I founded online marketing for doctors. And they still they they have been both operating as we speak now.
0: Fantastic. So how big are they? How many staff have you got? So
1: uh, up to this point, we have fifteen uh, staff member.
0: Wow, yeah. I am so impressed. Okay, so. Um, Now I've heard your incredible story. I feel incredible. (laughs) I feel unqualified myself. But anyway, (laughs) tell me about along the way because this is a show about women in business. Yeah, I always ask this question. There may not be anyone that springs to mind, but are there any women that you can think of who've really helped you on your journey um, Um, to build up your businesses?
1: Well, definitely. um, Tell me the stories. (laughs) My business mentor is actually my very own mum. So <laughs> she's Fantastic. she's also a businesswoman herself, right? And yes. she's been running a multi million dollar business. So I got all this best advice possibly from her. Uh, and she's shown me like a perfect example of how to juggle uh work and business and, and life you know, with raising five kids, right? You know, yeah, like absolutely. <laughs> so. And she's um, she was. I, every time I uh, I remember about my mom, I always think about her. Like she's so busy working on something. She's always busy, like, cause lots of things that she has to work on back then. And she taught me how to manage time, focus and be super organized and to structure your life and tasks. So you. I
0: was going to say, so go on, share some of the tips. So she said, really, you just have to be super organized.
1: Super organized. That's the, that's the key thing. <laughs> even in the kitchen, she, she, she told me that you got to, when you cook, you got to use the time to do the cleaning at the same time. So by the time you finish cooking, the cleaning is also done.
0: <laughs> I love your mum. She's amazing. <laughs> incredible so she was your first and probably your most important mentor have there been any other women along the way that have helped you at some stage
1: uh actually i've been taking advice from a lot of uh, you know like uh, uh, personal development coach and then i particularly love uh, maria fellow oh
0: lovely
1: uh, yeah yeah she's ultimate uh, my ultimate uh, like you know inspiration and she uh, has been the the personal development coach for many women
0: around the world Right, what was her name? Maria? Maria Fellow. Oh, I've, yeah. I don't think Mary I've heard that Fellow. name. Mary Fellow. And is she Australian?
1: No, she's American, Mary Fellow. So she has this uh, TV show, uh,
0: okay. it's a very,
1: very famous TV show, and she's, um, she's been a, such an incredible inspiration for women around the world.
0: Wow, I'm going to have to look her up. Maybe she'll come and do a podcast episode with me. (laughs) (laughs) You never know. (laughs) All right. Now, nobody, I don't believe anyway, can run a business and have everything go perfectly all the time. Mm. There are obviously things that happen to us that at the time can feel like it's an absolute disaster. And then you look back later, and you go, "Gee, I really learned from that. Like, I won't do this again, or I won't do that again." Have you had any moments like that, or has, has it? I don't know with you. It might have just been smooth sailing all oh, the no. way.
1: Oh no, you know, I tell you, running business is a challenge every single day. Something happened, you know. But I think yeah. um, so. You asked, you asked about the pivotal moments, right? Like, yes,
0: pivotal moments. So there's something that has happened where it's either made you change direction or you've really learned from it?
1: You know, like, yeah, I think, you know, running business is, is, is changing every single day. And I think all these pivotal moment usually has to deal with like, you know, important decision or like what I call is bold decision. You know, yes, like for example, yes. like sometimes I have to let clients go or staff go. And yeah. um, and do it, you know. Obviously, at that moment, it's not, a, you know, it's not the ideal, right? right? But we no. have to <laughs> let these people go because they're not the right fit for the business, because they're sucking all the energy and resources from the team. So I have to make a massive decision to let them go. Obviously, in the short term, we sacrifice from you know, we we lost we lost income, we lost support from these people, from the individuals. But in the long term, it's benefit us and our team. And 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 that's why I have lots of time. I have to make hard decisions. Like sometimes I have to let a, one, one staff go. And when his mum was sick, but he wasn't performed well at all. Like he's he's really it's like, so, so that,
0: tough, isn't it? It's because so tough. it tough. Really pulls pulls yeah. on your heartstrings. I had to do that with someone a few years ago, and his girlfriend um, was out of work, and he'd only arrived in Australia, and I'd given him this job, and it oh, just no. wasn't gelling. And it's awful. It does feel awful. But you're right. You have to do it. It's kind of like, you know, there's lots of things in life that we have to kind of end if it doesn't work. And um, I guess staff is another one of them. So um, have there there been any big learnings that you've sort of learned along the way that you would share with other women who are starting their businesses other than doing two MBAs, which seems very (laughs) extreme to me? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> so I think the key thing is, uh, I always told my clients uh, is to know your, your target audience very well. So, um, you know, your wealth is actually in direct proportions with how well you know your target market.
0: you you're know, right. if, you're Yeah, right.
1: that's the key thing. So there's three questions you need to answer in, in marketing or running business. Who is your target audience? And the second question is, where are they hanging out? You know, Yes. yeah. And the third question is, how can we get our message in front of them and get their attention?
0: That is so. Uh, honestly, you could be me. I could give you pink hair, and those words come out of my mouth when I'm teaching PR. <laughs> so I always say you've got to know your target market and in as smaller niches as possible. Mm. So you can't just say I my business suits women or my business suits mums. Yeah, because there's so many different kinds of them. And then, um, so you've got to know your target market. What was the other thing you said? Then you've got to know where they hang we were
1: out. We're hanging out, so like online, so for offline. Me,
0: Mm. Yeah, same thing. So in PR, you've got to know, well, there's no point going and um, approaching the age if you want to get to tradies because they probably don't read it, you know, so you've got to work mm. out what media. And then what was the third one?
1: How, how can you, and, you know, yeah, get in front of them, get seen by them? You know? And of course,
0: and of course, the <laughs> other thing is, if you do know your target market really well, then you can use the language and yeah. the words and relate so that they relate to it straight away. And of course, that's so clever for your digital marketing.
1: Yeah, because that's a key question, and it's, a lot of people don't know that because they think that they, uh, when you basically when you talk to everyone, you talk to no one. That's a yes.
0: Uh, that thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe you're not in Melbourne. I'd be giving you a big hug. Yeah. Exactly. You if you if you're just talking to everyone, then you're missing the mark with everyone. Make a, so every that's single why, one. So that's why being niche is good because that way. You know, you know, if you're talking to, I mean, if you go super niche and you say, okay, I'm only going to target doctors who are, you know, 30 to 45 and that they own these particular practices, Mm. then you know exactly the words to use that, that, that will resonate with them. So Uh, exactly where they hang out.
1: And even sometimes you understand them better than they understand themselves, you know,
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's so true. But can you tell me a few? We've got loads of time. I've just realised. Can you tell me a few more stories about growing your business and how you grew it and learned along the way? Like when you maybe, what was the decision to invo- employ your first staff member?
1: I think uh, the sooner you have, I think so, I one one decision that I, I think I should have made earlier is actually get um, like, you know, an assistant or somebody could help you out with all the legwork as soon as possible, yeah. because that's how you can uh, remove yourself from all these like, you know, like, you know, works, like all these like time consuming tasks. And um, by having a good assistant, then you have another assistant. So that's how you can build the system. So the goal is to remove yourself from all the tasks that you don't want to do anymore and yeah. focus your energy on the, the, the strategic tasks that can move your business to the next level.
0: Very, very, very true. So, and I've got a few more questions for you. But first, what, what's, what is your big goal? Uh, you want to be the number one market, direct marketing company in Australia. So what's the next step after this? Are you Are going to open another business? Are you going to just open up new offices? What, how do you grow?
1: So I think my next step is that I want to reach out to all plastic, and, you know, like, plastic cosmetic surgeon in the world, like in the English-speaking country. And I'm even thinking about Spanish-speaking market as well. And that's, I want to be the top lead generator for these uh, cosmetic and plastic surgeons in the world. So that's my oh, will... ultimate goal.
0: Yeah. So what, how do you do that? Are you going to go to lots of uh, conventions and yeah, doctors', that's where you know, hang those doctor's <laughs> conventions and say, this is what I can do?
1: Yeah, so the, unfortunately, they're not hanging out online as much. So we, can, I can reach them with with uh, you know ads, Facebook and and Google ads. They they mainly hang out offline in all yes. these sort of convention, you know, like you know like meetings and stuff. like that. So I have to attend you know all these you know like meetings, the annual meetings that they get together, not just yeah. in Australia but in Europe, America. So quite a lot of costs involved when it comes to investing in all these conferences. But that's the key because that's where our target audience are hanging out. We've yeah, got to be right. there. Yeah.
0: That's right. And and probably over the next ten, fifteen years you will start to see them come more and more online. Yeah. I think partly it's because Um, Certainly if I look at my dad, you know, you do 12 years or whatever it is of of, uh, school in order to become a specialist in something, Mm. Um, you know, so they're slightly older anyway, and they haven't been socialising because they've been so busy. So they're not as used to online and probably the doctors that are starting to come out now, Mm. even if you think of the pandemic are having to learn online and have to do teleconferencing and things. Okay, so talk to me about your life outside of work, if there is any. <laughs> oh, yeah. How do you juggle your work and your life? I mean, do you have set hours that you work?
1: Yeah, actually, I used to work a lot. Like, I used to work crazy, like 70 hours a week uh, before. And, yeah. and I felt like my eye health is getting worse. So I decided
0: to get disciplined about not overworking. And oh, f- good woman, good yeah, woman, yeah. because I, there's a few women in the She's the Boss group who I, I, I was sitting in a lunchtime and I looked and all of them had, from stress, got mm. autoimmune diseases, had really? PTSD, oh. and, the, and they were never able to continue their career the same way again because they worked so hard and they travelled and they never give it, gave themselves any downtime.
1: Oh, really? So it's a wow. big
0: lesson to learn is to slow down a little bit.
1: Yeah, definitely slow down because... Actually, when you you overworked and you lose your creativity, you know, like you lose your blank space in your mind to think creatively and come up with the next big idea for your business. Oh,
0: that's very clever.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I decided to get really disciplined about not overworking and finding smarter ways to work less and produce more results. So obviously, I have to spend more money to, to get more support and resources or, you know, like more people to help me out. So basically, this is how I work. I divide into two groups of tasks, the tasks I don't want to do anymore, and just yep. try to delegate that to other people. Yep. And the tasks I really want to focus because I think that it's very important to make move the business to the next level. And yep. I have to be involved and I have to work on that. And that's where I'm working on now. But all the tasks, every quarter, I'm trying to find a task that I don't want to do anymore. And then just try to find somebody to dedicate to that to that person <laughs> every quarters.
0: so actually yeah that's that. really smart so um but I mean what sort of hours are you putting in now in the office compared to say I mean I don't know whether you have a partner do you have a family or have I, you been working too I don't hard have kids so yet far? that's
1: the thing you know once you have a kid <laughs> everything will change you know um yes. so like unlike other women's I think They have to deal with lots of stress because they have to take care of the kids and, you know, and and run the business at the same time. That's extremely hard. I don't know how they can handle that, to be honest. Like, um, I really extremely admire these people. So I do, um, you know, have partner and I actually spend um, most of my time, like, outside time, like, when I'm not working on on my sport activities. So I've done a lot of golfing myself.
0: Oh, you're a golfing woman.
1: Yeah, and I'm a golfing woman and also a hip-hop dancer. Um, Sorry, a hip-hop
0: yeah. dancer? Yeah, hip-hop dancer. Yeah. <laughs> one of my questions, the next question I was going to say is, tell us one quirky fact most people don't know about you. Yeah, um, yeah that's my quirky fact. Pretty, what, do you, what do you mean you're a hip-hop dancer? So what do you do? Are you part of a troupe?
1: Uh, no, I, I've taken lessons and I'm doing videos myself. Uh, it's just like wow. a hobby, you know. Like I really—that's uh, something I'm really into, and I—I uh, even like you know come up with my own dances a choreography that's fantastic yeah
0: one minute you're looking very i mean if anyone could see you now you're definitely dressed like you're talking to surgeons <laughs> i can't imagine with you with your cap on backwards and your gear yeah. and doing all your can do, do moonwalk. mask. Yeah. that's really cool um yeah. i have to ask you because that was so quirky are there any other quirky things that you could share with us or
1: Oh, well, I think if I—I I was thinking if I—I uh, I had started my uh, my golf earlier, I could have been a professional golfer now, or I would could have run a golf coaching business
0: um you are amazing you just don't stop do you look listen to you you're not talking about i could have become a good golfer it's like i could have become a professional or yeah i could. <laughs> I'm really
1: i'm dedicating lots of hours outside the work on that like i'm training daily um because i whenever i do something i really want to get good at that you know i'm not just like i don't yeah, want to be middle of the rack and of
0: course golf is exactly what you need to do if you want to get to know doctors and surgeons as yeah, well exactly. that's that's their thing
1: so that's amazing.
0: Okay, now now we're down to just a couple of silly questions. I call them silly, but I love them um, because I love my phone. And I don't know whether not everybody does. But are you somebody who has apps on your phone that you use for business?
1: Well, oh, actually, I have a lot of apps on my phones, mainly used for business purposes, like all oh, these social media, LinkedIn okay, and so all these apps. Okay, hit me up
0: with, with a couple. Not social media or banking. I'm going to take yeah, that but, as a given. <laughs> <one>. What <laughs> but other but, ones? Do you have any other useful apps that yeah, you Yeah, I do, actually.
1: Um, I have a couple of apps that I think that would help the audience. So the first one is the Rescue Time apps. So yeah. that's the apps that help uh, you take back the control of your time, which is the most precious assets. And uh, yeah. the second app is actually Moment Apps, which is to help limit uh, social media and phone use on your hand. because I, of...
0: Right, so rescue time, you can save time. It'll help you work out during your day where you've got some time and accrue yeah. it or yeah. something will have. And what was the other one? The second one, the Moment Apps moment app yeah and that moment. moment is about limiting your time on social, social
1: media and phone news because uh, obviously i myself try to be off phone as much as possible because the nature of my job i have been on the screen a lot so yeah. i think uh these
0: two apps will be definitely helpful for people yeah fantastic and then do you play on your phone as well do you have any games no. <laughs> no
1: <okay. laughs> Can you imagine doing all this and then playing games?
0: <laughs> I have to admit, I can't, I'm still addicted to Candy Crush. So. Oh, really? Wow. I still, it's, before I go to bed, I have to do a couple of levels and just uh, get, a, get ahead. But then I think I'm sort of pretty unusual that way. Yeah, that's because I've got a (laughs) bed. Huyen, you are the most inspiring, amazing, incredible woman. Thank you so much for sharing your story with me. Wow. I'm really blown away by um by it really the whole thing about leaving Vietnam, doing your MBA over in America and then coming to Australia and doing another one kind of blows my tiny mind. So thank you so so much. Now if anyone wants to get hold of you, what's the best way to contact you?
1: I think the best way to contact me is on my LinkedIn uh, because through my LinkedIn because I'm very active on that and okay. that's, that's where you you got to see a lots of my creative videos and uh, that I'm producing for our um, OMD TV shows and uh, yeah so we have a podcast on, you've got TV a TV shows. show
0: called OMD do you what what's yeah. that?
1: so it's all for online, online marketing, marketing, for, marketing for, doctors. for doctors OMD TV shows and uh, we're producing a lots of uh, little what fun do you do? what's in the
0: shows tell me more
1: so the, the show is all about, you know, giving, you know, doc, doc, doctor surgeons, you know, like strategic marketing uh, tips and advice and how to to optimize the business so they can grow and scale faster.
0: Amazing. Mm. Amazing. Well, you are one woman to watch and I can't wait to watch you grow to the biggest um, digital marketing company in the world. It's going to be very exciting to watch you. Thank you so much for the time today. I really appreciate it.
1: Uh, it's my pleasure. And uh, actually, I have a notes, note, some very fun apps that I mentioned. I have forgot yeah. one more app. actually Duolingo. So have you heard about that? I Duolingo, and it, it translate, is it a translation app? So that's actually, no. it's the world's best application for learning a foreign language.
0: Oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah,
1: that's very fun apps. And every day, I, I make sure to use at least 30 minutes of my time to study my French. So, yeah. So you're studying French as well? Yeah, I'm studying my French as well because obviously <laughs> I'm planning for my re- retirement years living in, in one of the French villages.
0: <laughs> ah, well, I'll come and visit you there for sure. Yeah. We, can drink, we can drink some wine together. Yeah. Well, thank you so much.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Jules, and I appreciate your interview today. And uh, I, w- I hope that my, my story helps, and, you know, lots of women out there who's uh, running businesses. And I'm sure my am very sure to help them out if they have any questions.
0: Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of she's the boss chats for more information and to find out about our other initiatives including our weekly lunch for female founders and our tv show go to she's the